0: You're listening to a message from Victory Dumageddon. Today, we're having another series break. So over the past few weeks, we've had a series of series breaks. Okay? We had the first one when Pastor CJ was here, when he visited here. And last week, we talked about the church community as well. And today, we'll be talking something about perseverance. If you're here today and you're in need of encouragement, you need to overcome or get through something, you came at the right time. If I had a title for our sermon today, it would be called Beyond Dead Ends. If you do a quick like Google search or or any dictionary, a dead end is basically an end of a road where no exit is possible. It's the end of the line, a roadblock is there. And perhaps for many of us here today, we've experienced or are experiencing, or we are in the middle of a possible dead end or seemingly a dead end. Perhaps we feel like we've exhausted everything, we tried everything, Lord, Umpay mabuhat na ako. Umpay dapat na ako buhaton pa. Simingly, walangay no solution or there's nothing I can do. I give up, Lord. Perhaps that is our state right now. And if that is you, again, you came at the right time because we're gonna answer the question: What do we do when we face dead ends in our lives, or when we face seemingly dead ends in our lives? What do we do? How do we respond to that? And for that, can you turn your Bibles to First Kings chapter nineteen? And we're looking at verses 1 to 18. And I know it's a bit lengthy, so I won't ask you to stand. But just go and read with me lang as we read of the verses. So we're looking at basically a story of Elijah. And he's one of the prophets, one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. And again, we'll be looking at verses 1 to 18. So let me just read through this. Then we'll pray and then we'll go through the verses. Okay? We'll look at it by section. We can't look at every single verse in detail because it's a but we'll look at it in certain sections okay first kings chapter 19 verse 1 says here ahab told jezebel all that elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword when jezebel sent a messenger to elijah saying so may the gods do to me and more also if i do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow then he was afraid and he rose and ran for his life and came to beersheba which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he laid down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel of the Lord touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked and behold, and there was at his head A cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water and he ate and drank and lay down again and the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said arise and eat for the journey is too great for you and he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of the food forty days and forty nights to Horeb the Mount of God there he came to a cave and lodged in it and behold the word of the Lord came to him And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains, and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, throw down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Azael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, uh, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Mehola, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will have 7,000 in Israel, all in the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him." Now, as we just read the story again, we're looking into a segment of Elijah's ministry. So before we get to our verses today, Just a quick background on what's happening. Why we get to this point. Because if you've noticed again, on the start of the story, Elijah was not in a good place. When he said that, he was not happy or joyful. He felt defeated. It was probably the lowest point of his life and his ministry. It's important for us to understand what happened. What led to this? okay? And why did something like Ahab telling Jezebel that Elijah had killed the prophets. What's happening? I thought Elijah is a prophet as well. So So again, Elijah was a prophet who ministered in the northern kingdom of Israel. At this point, in the history of the Israelites, na split into na kingdom nila. In the time of uh, David, Saul, Solomon, they have this one unified kingdom consisting of the twelve tribes. And during the time of Elijah, split into na you have the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The north is called Israel, the south is called Judah. And in the north, we have this current king named. Ahab and his wife Jezebel, and we have Elijah, one of the prophets, doing ministry at that time. And what happened previously on 1 Kings, about two chapters before chapter 19, is that Elijah had several confrontations, several intense moments, if you will, with Ahab and Jezebel, and all those people connected to them. In chapter 17, verse 1 to 7, it says here, Elijah prophesies that a drought would come to the whole land as a consequence for Ahab's evil. So Ahab, Jezebel, and their leaders at this time, there were wicked, sinful people who did not do the will of the Lord. And as a consequence of their evil, my prophesying that there would come a drought. And this drought will not last a few days only, a few hours or weeks. It would last a long time. Until such a time that God would lift up that or remove that drought from happening. So again, this was a consequence of the evil of Aham, that evil king. Then in chapter 18, Elijah had this confrontation he faced off against the prophets of the false god baal even though the Israelites were the people of god at this point many of them were practicing idolatry worshiping false gods like baal and at a certain point elijah had a showdown if you will you had these numerous prophets of baal and the challenge was each one the prophets of baal and elijah so one versus a hundred or something they would pray to their god night uh, fire move, would fall from heaven and the offerings on the altar would be burned from the fire. Okay, so showdown. Because God una ang respond. So, for a certain time, for a long time, the prophets of Baal did all that they could so that fire would come down from heaven. Okay, and so that their offerings would be burned. But try as they could, nothing happened. Okay, When the turn of Elijah came, okay, medyo gabi confidence na presentations Elijah, at first, he poured water over the sacrifice over the offering so imagine remember the challenge was burn an offerings so to make it harder parang said na lang kayo mag-pray ni Lord for burnt offerings gibobuhan pa tubig Ay, si Elijah and then he prayed to the Lord okay pray to God and indeed fire came down from heaven burned the offerings and showed that you know he worshiped the one true God and as a result of that in the same chapter in verse 40 Elijah and the people killed all the false prophets of Baal This is what Ahab meant when he told Jezebel that Elijah had killed the prophets. It was not pertaining to God's prophets, but prophets of the false god Baal. So meaning, mga false prophets. So these people were put to the sword. They were killed. Now as a response to all of these things, when Jezebel, the evil queen, heard of these things, this is what she had to say to Elijah. In verse 3, she sent a letter or a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Short of it, basically means, Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you tomorrow. Okay? Because the prophets, false prophets rather. She had this death threat sent to Elijah that she was going to kill him by this time tomorrow. And if I don't do that, then God's kill me. ang pledge and threat of Jezebel. And because of this, in verse 3 as well, See, Elijah says here, then he was afraid and he rose and ran for his life. Now it's pretty interesting that Elijah was pretty fearless in the face of many false prophets, in the challenge where he had to believe fire would come down from heaven. Pretty fearless. He had strong conviction, but here, had luksha. We're not told exactly why, but the point here is that he was afraid and he ran for his life. And makita nato how afraid he was, because he ran. Or the distance where he traveled was about 80 miles. Or is the kilometers about 100 kilometers. Now, how many of you would agree that that's pretty long, ang distance? That's k- kind of roughly here to Bacolod, if you will. So, di ba, layo na, di ba, layo na ganyan, mag tagbas, mag to Bacolod. Think about walking or riding an animal. It's pretty far, kapoy ang distance. But he was so afraid that he was willing to run all the way to that place, okay, Beersheba. From from his current place, he was afraid. And in the next verses, we get to basically the heart of Elijah. When we look at his heart, we see how defeated, how hopeless he was. As I would like to say, it's a title of this sermon, okay? It seems like he had faced a dead end, wherein he felt like nothing could be done. In verse 4, it says here, He himself went a day's journey after arriving in Beersheba, after he left his servant, he went a day's journey into the wilderness, Came and sat down under a broom tree, and he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord. It is enough now. Okay, Sabisaya pa "Igo na Lord. Anyone here, you can relate to that? You get so fed up, you get so tired, you get so exhausted, you feel like you've done everything, and all you can say is, Lord, ego na. Or the Tagalog, Lord, tama na Lord. Like, we say that when we get so tired and frustrated, when you feel like there's nothing to be done. A dead end, we say, Lord, enough na," And that's exactly what Elijah was feeling right here. He even says, he asked that he might die in some translations, like in the NLT. It actually says there, he prayed that he might die. It's not just like some wishful thinking oh, ko, or some casual remark, Ah, oh, I wish I could die or something. No, he actually prayed, Lord, I want to die. Lord, that I may die. Enough na, Lord. He's that serious. He's that depressed, and discouraged. You might ask, man, di ba? he just defeated false prophets and all that. Yes, but he did not completely solve the situation. Ahab and the evil queen Jezebel were still there. Idolatry was still there. It was not like the one-size-fits-all solution to all his problems. And we see that, okay, we're in, in verse 10. When God asked Elijah, why are you here? Although, of course, God is omniscient. He just wanted Elijah to pour out his heart. And Elijah, said this in verse 10. I have been very jealous for the Lord. Okay? Very passionate for the Lord. The God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Remember covenants? Sacred binding agreement between two parties. God made a covenant with His people. And His people had uh, had very role to play, had the responsibilities to, to do as well. And Elijah says that His people, God's people have forsaken this covenant. They've forgotten it. They didn't care about it. They even thrown down God's altars, killed his prophets with the sword. And Elijah says that only he was left. In other words, at this time, when he was feeling so down, Elijah felt or feels like he is a failure. Okay, parang well, I I did all of these things. I was so jealous for you, passionate for you. I did all of these things as your prophet. And yet, here I am, I na lang He felt such a failure and he feels alone. Because he says, "Only I am left, Lord. I'm the only one trying to honor you, trying to live my life in a way that glorifies." Lord na Everyone else has given up, has worshiped false gods, thrown your altars, killed their prophets. Lord. Lord. He felt he felt like a failure, and he felt alone. Truly, it seemed like Elijah was at a dead end. This was again perhaps the lowest point of his ministry. End his life. Now the question now is what happened? How did God encourage Elijah? And this is important. Because again, I don't know what all of you are going through. If you are here today and you can just relate to Elijah feeling a kapoiko, I've did everything. I feel like there's no hope. I just want to quit now. If that is you, let's look at what God did for Elijah. And may this greatly refresh and encourage you. When you go forward in verse 5, it says here, And he lay down, slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel of the Lord touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Now before we get to the rest of the verses, I just want to point out here that when we look at this story, we basically see God knows what we're going through. He sees, He cares, and therefore, He knows what's best for us. Why am I saying this? When God asked Elijah, "Why are you here?" It's not like he was caught by surprise. we Ngano manas Elijah You're supposed to be there at Jezreel, okay? That place. Why are you here? You traveled like 80 miles. No, he just wanted Elijah to say and confess and pour what was in his heart. But God, being God, of course, he knows why he's there. What happened? kabalusha, And he knows best how to deal with Elijah, how to encourage him. Because what's interesting here is that, you know, if I was God, I would deal Elijah differently. Because as pitiful, as si Elijah, remember, how did he get to this place? When you go back to verse 2 and 3, or verse 3, it says here that Elijah, he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life. I mean, God had the grounds to just correct Elijah right here and there. It's like, Elijah, look, you just see me perform an amazing miracle. Fire fell down from heaven, burned their offering. You put to death the false prophets. Elijah just witnessed firsthand the power of God. And yet here he is, running for his life, being afraid. Have you ever approached someone or heard someone has a problem and all and all you did was, you just, you just talk sense to him, okay? As quickly as possible. If, if I was God, I would just, you know, simply did that to Elijah. Elijah look. But God knew what needed to be done. He knew how broken, discouraged Elijah was. And approach is God in this case. And when you look at it and we read through the verses, we see just how caring God is towards His people. How gracious He was towards Elijah. Because again, Elijah didn't deserve all this, um, all those support, basically. What, what did God do for Elijah? Well, firstly, it says here in verse 5, He slept under a broom tree. So, Elijah slept under that tree. So, meaning, it is God providing, giving him a place for rest. And not just that, in verse 6, right? when God says, Arise and eat, he looked up when he was lying down, and behold, there was at his head a cake, on hot stones, and a jar of water. Anyone here you would appreciate someone waking you up and say, Mi hey mata mata, kaona? <laughs> so, kita nimo snack. The behind of here, You'd be cheered up with that. When you're you're ba? Pinoy, as we are, diba? we'd be happy if there's free food. Well, Elijah, when he woke up, there was food. It was not grand. It was not a banquet. It was not a five-star course or menu or something. Basically, cake okay? or their, their version of bread and water. But nonetheless, God provided for Elijah twice. Niya. Because he would go on another journey, much farther, pa, 40 days. What's the point in sharing these things, these provisions? I want us to understand, church, God's grace sustains us even in the midst of our problems. We see here, Elijah is at the lowest point in his life, and yet, the grace of God is there. I mean, if there's grace ni God, rin, to nga, Elijah slept okay, under the heat of the sun. while a broom tree. Or an angel woke Elijah and said, Get up now and walk. No time for snacks. <laughs> Put in naman a But, God, by His grace, again, graciously sustained Him, took care of Him, that He would have the strength needed to go on His 40-day journey and meet the Lord at that mountain. And and I want us to understand this church that even in the midst of difficulties, challenges in your life, God's grace is still there. Sometimes because we're so caught up with our problems, and I'm I'm not saying that we completely ignore our problems, we deny reality that there's no problem. I don't have to bills. <laughs> I'm not saying we ignore reality, na ng problem naman. Yes, we acknowledge the problem, but we don't completely dwell and get consumed with our problems. Because a lot of times, we do so, that we forget that we have a God. And we forget that God's grace is actively working even when not everything is fixed yet, even when there's no solution yet, even at the eye of the storm in our lives, God's grace is still there as we see here in the story of Elijah. Kailangan nato lang and open our eyes and see God moving to basically divert our eyes from dwelling, getting consumed with our problems and ourselves, and fix our eyes on God. As I was preparing for this, I was reminded basically, a few days ago, two days ago in fact, me and my wife, nag ng motor, and in the middle of the night, okay, mga 10 p.m., uh after we parked sa Aleme, amo basta sa, sa Alimi kan sa crossing sa Panubig ka Manhak after we parked and mumulita ta me delete na muon mo ang motor okay gi part na mo rito we try turning it on a few times kick start whatever whatever tanang start delete na sya so we had to park it leave it there sa crossing and then go home sa balay na mo sa Manhak so i had to think the next day i had to get this motorcycle fixed us ako ni pagayo i then i realize the following day akong ipayao na ko nga there is a motorcycle shop, palà, just meters away from where I parked my motorcycle. If yang motor, basically nadiha ang motorcycle shop that close. So in other words, kung asa ni breakdown motor, nali to sa motorcycle shop basically. And I was like, Lord, thank you. Pwede na ni breakdown shop, so several kilometers away pa away from or walay motorcycle shop. But here it is, Lord God. Kung asan stop. All I had to do was push a few meters, mga less than ten meters. Then nana, na, na ako siya. Okay? it wasn't fixed yet, but nakita na oh, Lord, thank you, sa grace ni mo. And the same thing with all of us here today. Perhaps because we got so consumed with our problems, our concerns, we, gets, we by our emotions, we miss out and seeing and thanking God for His grace. na ang grace God at work still in our lives, <laughs> even when things are not fully fixed. Even when things are not fully okay, the grace of God is still there. Same thing with Elijah. Now, moving forward. In verse 11, after God sustained Elijah, gave him food and drink, water to eat, he went on a 40-day journey. He went to this mountain and in verse 11, he had an encounter with the Lord. Basically, it says here, And he said, and God said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by in a great and strong wind, tore the mountains, and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. So God told Elijah, stay in this place, okay, in the mount before the Lord. And then, amazingly, a strong wind came, tore several rocks to pieces, but the Lord was not there. And when an earthquake came, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, a fire came, strong fire, but god was not there in the fire and then after the fire the sound of a low whisper was heard right elijah heard that and when elijah heard it he wrapped his face ibalot niya ang ulo niya ang face niya with his cloak went out stood at the entrance of the cave why because there was a voice that came to him and it was the lord and so elijah from seemingly disheartened, full give-up mode. na siya from Elijah who wanted to die, now here is Elijah who wrapped his face and stood at the entrance of the cave, awaiting what the Lord had to tell him. Why now is there suddenly this difference? Why this anticipation to hear from the Lord? When before, why this difference? We'll see here, church, what we can take from this passage to generally speaking is that God encourages us his word for elijah here he had this awesome displays of power being experienced wind an earthquake fire god was not there but when the sound of a low whisper in that low whisper there came a voice to elijah and god was there in that small still voice what's my point in in sharing this you see elijah perhaps thought that the dramatic display of the power of god at mount carmel would turn the nation around it would be the final solution to address idolatry, the problem of Ahab, and all these things, he thought that putting the false priests, false prophets to death would do that as well. All right, but when this was not the final solution, when this didn't turn out the way he hoped, he felt defeated. He felt discouraged, and he's speaking to us, Lord, "Kung a grand, awesome display did more work, what else would work?" Well, Lord, give up na ko. And yet here, God is reminding Elijah, yes, he could be in the grand, awesome things, like many others. alright? Okay? Yes, God could be in the dramatic manifestations as well, but God often appears in less dramatic surroundings. God is also there in the seemingly simple things. In other words, we can have an encounter with the Lord, be in His presence, be greatly inspired and encouraged, not just in great big things, not just in dramatic things, but even in the small, simple things in your lives. In other words, church, uh, a practical example, you don't have to wait for the next convergence conference. If you're here today, you need to be encouraged. If you, you need to be on fire for God, you feel cold, your passion is depleting, get back to the Lord and you're waiting, I need to get on a victory weekend once again. Or I need to join another big event to hype up, para encourage ko. Something big, something awesome. Well, guess what? Even just in your room, even in the quiet moments in your room, when you read God's Word, you can be refreshed encouraged just like Elijah. Because God, the same God at work in those big things, dramatic things, is the same God that we encounter in our rooms. When we open our Bibles, when we worship and when we pray to Him, even alone. Bahalag inato rana sa balay nato, or sa gawas, or wherever, or in a coffee shop, or by the sea, or in a mountain, wherever it may be, wherever it is. Okay? Even the small, simple things we can, you know, have, that, those, have those moments with the Lord. Just like Elijah. And those are important because through those moments, okay, we can encourage, we get refreshed. Importante na siya Because a lot of times when we get tired, we get frustrated, what do we do? Of course, if important to sleep. Anyone here? You try to eat when you get stressed. Rippy noise. I understand that. Okay. We eat, we sleep, we binge watch. But all of those things... But if our problem is deep in our spirit, we need something that will eat our spirit, that will help us in our spirit. And physical things, helpful as those things are, can only do so much. And that is why we need the word of the Lord. For us to be truly rested, re energized, encouraged, we need God's word. I mean, look at Elijah. See what radically changed his behavior. When he heard that low whisper, he wrapped his face. Can you that was a great reaction. He wrapped his face with his cloak. And he stood waiting for the word of the Lord. That's the difference that the word of God you know, makes. There's another passage in the Bible. Philippians chapter 4 talks about the peace of God that guards our hearts and minds. So anyone here today, you feel anxious, worried. We can have the peace of God that guards our hearts and minds that we don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be worried. But this kind of peace comes from God. Not the peace that comes from having to sleep all day. Although again, don't get me wrong. Sleep is good. (laughs) Having to watch TV shows all day or having to eat all the things that we want or whatever forms of entertainment. This kind of peace only comes from the Lord. In other words, church, just, there's an aspect basically wherein nothing can replace God. If you want to be encouraged, if you want to be refreshed, you will go straight to the source. And that is the Lord. And that's what happened to Elijah here. He had an encounter with the Lord. And that's what greatly motivated him to go back to accomplish what God called him to do. And indeed, in verse 15, What's interesting here as well, before he left, okay, before he went to accomplish, I wanna go now to God's instructions for Elijah. Because these instructions are actually pretty much Elijah's answered prayers. If Elijah's frustration was failure of ministry Lord, ako sa, therefore And God was like, No, <laughs> you're not going to die. Here, in fact, is what you're going to do. And God's instructions for him actually answered again his prayers, okay? Not, not death, a prayer, but answer these frustrations. Firstly, God told Elijah, "Go, return your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael. And the second, in verse 16, anoint Jehu to be the king over Israel, and anoint Elisha to be prophet in your place." Now, why are these things important? When God told him, "Anoint this person, anoint this person," puro man ganoin. malipay dapat Elijah anak. Verse first and foremost when God told Elijah, anoint Jehu to be the king of Israel. Remember, who's the current king? Ahab. Jezebel is there with him. Who sent those death threats to Elijah? Jezebel, the queen of Ahab. And yet here is God telling Elijah, you're going to anoint the next king. Meaning Ahab and Jezebel, they will not have your way, Elijah. Ahab and Jezebel will not be kings forever. There will be a new king. They may seem powerful now, but they will not last long. So okay, imagine if you were Elijah, and here now is that new king. That's that's of great encouragement. That his enemies will not be there okay, forever. That his enemies will not get the better of him. That they will not kill him. Secondly, God told Elijah to anoint Elisha. Okay, right, because similar names, nila, to be prophet in his place. And again, this answers his frustration of being alone. I'm the only one, Lord. Well, now he has a successor. He has a protege. He's not alone in doing his ministry. And not just that, even if he dies, the ministry would continue. God's work in His nation would continue. So again, failure ang ministry ministry gave Elijah and someone else would continue it after him. And he is not alone. And not just that, But in verse 18, God says, I will leave 7,000 in Israel. All the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Remember what Elijah said a while ago? In verse 10, Lord, I'm the only one. You see, when we feel discouraged, hopeless in a dead end, it makes us so consumed with ourselves. Focus so much on our own selves, our own problems. It makes us isolated. It makes us blind from what else is around us. We miss out the grace of God. We miss out seeing God moving, and are certain things we miss out. And for Elijah here, he missed out. Na napadaylang tao, abiniya, siya bilin. He's the only one, in the Lord. And yet here is seven thousand in Israel, seven thousand faithful who did not bow down and worship Baal, did not bend their knees and did not kiss him. Elijah was not alone. And so in all these instructions God had for Elijah, it basically answered his frustrations, his discouragement, his feeling of failure and being alone. Now, all of that is just wiped away. Because here, God says, you're not a failure. You're not alone. You're not going to be killed. You don't have to be afraid. Here's what you're going to do. God answered him. And Elijah was deeply encouraged with that. And he went on to, to do what God called him to do. Now, a few things before we end. Okay? What about us, naman? What about us here today? We look at the story of Elijah. man, good for him. He had this radical encounter with God, he was deeply encouraged. What about me, Tom? Just like Elijah, I can relate to that. Perhaps for some of, some of us here today, we quit it. It's a guru. Instead of trusting in the Lord, instead of holding on, moving in faith, it's na good if that is right now first, you know it is wrong to move in disbelief not move in faith but the good thing here is that it's not a hopeless situation for all of us because just like Elijah we too can have those awesome encounters with the Lord and the good thing here church is that we don't have to go on a 40 day journey you don't have to go to a 80 mile journey i need to go to a faraway place like bacolod para lang encounter ko god atok ilu-ilu atok manila the good thing here is that even if you just go home right now you can have that refreshing encounter with god why because through christ being in christ our relationship with god was restored before we were enemies of god right lag pao sa physical distance ang problema nato with god now that we are in christ we who used to be Aliens, enemies of God, were now grafted in and part of his family. In other words, if you're a Christian, you're a believer here today, you're a son or daughter of God, you have that access to the Lord. You can pray to the Lord and have confidence that he hears your prayer. You have that communion with God. Wherever you go, at home, at McDonald's, Jackawasa Center, Yes, even in a faraway place, wherever, sa bukid, sa dagat, wherever, you can have those moments with the Lord. It's all because of what Christ did for us. In other words, in Christ and because of Christ, we can be greatly encouraged and refreshed to continue to move forward and not feel defeated or hopeless or helpless because in Christ, we have this access to God. It's kind of like this. As I, I'm going to end with this last illustration, if you will. But if you have your phone with you, if you're at home, you're confident na balak usang are ni mo yung phone, matcharge ni isn't it? Compared to if you travel, you go on a journey, road trip ka or a plane ride, mas mas concerned ka kung are ka kung or mas conservative ka sa battery sa yung phone. Wim, basi ni, di charge. When you're at home, you can just go straight to the source, charge You mo diha, di, di mahadlok. The same thing here when it comes to the Lord. You and I have access to our Heavenly Father. So if you're here today, you're feeling depleted in your faith, in your passion, you're filled with doubts, you need a... You need to be, Your faith needs to be revived, resuscitated, basically. If that is you, guess what? Just go straight to the source. Yes, our friends can help us. Our church priest can help us. We can pray for you. But there's just a moment that you need to be recharged. You need those moments, personal moments, between you and the Lord. And again, the good thing is, you have that access, church. All because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, we did communion a while ago? Because of His death on the cross, when He gave up His body, and when His blood was shed on the cross, we were given that access to the Lord. Our relationship with Him was restored. And because of that, We can be like Elijah. You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victorydumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.